Hi, I'm Dan Permack, and welcome to Axios Recap. Today is Friday, February 19th. Power is still down for hundreds of thousands in Texas. Gas prices keep going up, and we're talking about an unexpected player in the effort to vaccinate America. Florida's Brevard County sits on the state's mid-eastern coast, home to such things as Cape Canaveral and the Kennedy Space Center. But despite all of those rocket scientists, no one in Brevard thought to create a website or an app for setting up COVID-19 vaccination appointments, a job that the state left up to local county and municipal governments. Instead, Brevard figured it would just use a telephone system. Within days, though, the county realized that its obviously bad idea was a bad idea. So it scrambled, quickly deciding to replace the phones with Eventbrite, which is best known as the tech platform for buying tickets to concerts and other live events. The immediate results were mixed. Yes, people got appointments, which is the most important thing. But there were also some vaccination events set up that weren't real. Eventbrite, meanwhile, wasn't part of the planning. In fact, it didn't even really seem to know it was being used until newspaper reports including of some of those fake events, which it turned out seemed to be because of user error, not because of fraud. Nearly two months and lots of other system failures and frustrations later, and Eventbrite has now been adopted not just by other Florida counties, but by governments in dozens of other states. Why it matters is this episode reflects how poorly state and local governments plan for a massive logistical exercise they knew was coming for months, and how some off-the-shelf solutions had been sitting there all along. So we want to speak to Julia Hartz, Eventbrite's co-founder and CEO, who we're joined by now. Julia, let's start with this, I guess. When did you first learn that Eventbrite was being used in some cases as a vaccine appointment scheduling tool? We became aware of this at the very end of 2020 and really in, in earnest at the beginning of the year in 2021. Uh, you know, we'd seen uh, many different organizations use Eventbrite for its ease of use and self-service capabilities to do things like set up testing sites and, you know, other help people really get access to services that they needed throughout this, this global pandemic. So it wasn't necessarily a shock to us that folks were turning to Eventbrite for this need. But I think we definitely were taken by surprise by the immediate acceleration and volume of of these vaccine registration events that were happening, especially as as January got going. And this was being done not, you know, by, say, a, a private clinic necessarily, you know, that was, say, doing, you know, testing, as you said, but this was being done by municipal or county level governments, right? That's right. So Brevard County in Florida was one of the first departments of health in a county to adopt Eventbrite. And really what happened was they received their vaccines on time. They set up a platform to sign up their residents in that county. Over a third of the of their residents are over 65. And within 24 hours, that entire plan had crumbled because the platform itself had failed to perform. It had crashed. And so somebody on their team, actually on the social media team, turned to Eventbrite as a solution and set that up in under three hours, they had it completely approved and ready to go and were registering people for, for their vaccine appointments. Because of the, the sort of immediate failure, they didn't have a long time to really turn to vet all their options. But 
also the residents were waiting in lines for hours. So this was something that they had to absolutely correct within a short period of time. And they've been using it ever since. I have used Eventbrite for both, uh, you know, work things and, and personal events in the past, but I have never had all the complexities of vaccinating people and, and all the added things that come with that. Did they call you? I mean, I understand anyone can create an Eventbrite site. It would seem there are, you know, whether it be pre-screening for certain medical conditions, whether it be insurance, et cetera, things that aren't part of a normal Eventbrite platform. Right. So when we started to see this, this use case pop up on the platform. And we we understood that these organizations were desperate. I mean, you know, and you've reported on some of the big, fragmented, just huge disasters that have happened in this, in this rollout. When we started to understand how many organizations were turning to Eventbrite, we immediately went to work to get in touch with the um, HHS and understand, you know, were they going to extend this type of provisional use toward platforms like Eventbrite, because obviously we're not HIPAA compliant. We don't store medical records. We're not a meta, an electronic health record platform. But what we knew was that because there was such a failure in this, in this lack of a unified, you know, healthcare system and an ability to be able to handle the demand that these departments are seeing for these limited supplies, that we needed to step up and help in any way that we could. I mean, it's just it's about doing the right thing. So we did seek out and and receive that provisional allowance to be able to register people for appointments to get their vaccine. Now, we're not registering people for healthcare records by any stretch, but we are giving people access to come to those appointments, get registered and receive the vaccine. Internally, last summer, last fall, when we didn't yet have vaccines, but it looked like they were coming either by the end of last year or by early this year, was there any conversation inside Eventbrite that, you know what, we should help on the scheduling or was the feeling, well, states must be planning for this. We're not needed. They must have this ready to go by now. Well, I'll remind you that in the summer, we were still working to save our own company, given the fact that freedom of assembly is something that is no longer, you know, something we freely uh, enjoy as a population based on good reason, right? So we really needed to focus on how we were going to be the strongest company and platform coming out of this. But I definitely think that included in that has been where could we help? How can we get the most amount of people back out gathering safely as possible? And that in you have to be vaccinated in order for that to happen. You know, we also focused a lot of our effort and continue to do so on how to help people connect online and virtual events because we're all dying on a vine here, you know, not being able to be together and connect socially, social isolation, mental health. These are huge, huge societal problems that we're facing alongside battling back this global pandemic, loss of life and everything that's come from it. So, you know, this was yet another challenge in a host of just massive challenges for us as a company. And I'm really proud of how we decided to step forward and help, which is really to help people understand how to use the system, how to access their time slot, and really how departments of health and organizations could turn to Eventbrite to help close this gap. Because there have been other platforms that have rolled out. And unfortunately, many of those platforms are ill-equipped to handle uh, big demands for limited supply. That's something that Eventbrite does really well. And we're here to help in any way that we can. The secondary impact of that is obviously the faster we can get to vaccination here, herd immunity and put COVID in the rearview mirror, faster we can get out to live experiences.
There were some headlines in the early days of Eventbrite being used for vaccinations in Florida, and they weren't the most flattering headlines. They basically suggested that there was some fraudulent uh, vaccination events that were appearing on Eventbrite and that people were signing up for them and, and there was no vaccine because they weren't real events. What happened there? Yeah, that was really unfortunate. You know, we take trust and safety and, and fraudulent event, you know, detection very, very seriously. And when we looked into it, it actually was user error. So it, we did not discover any malicious intent, frauds, or scams on the Eventbrite platform related to vaccines. It was rather confusion on how to use the platform. So people were signing up, thought they were signing up for a time slot, but were actually creating an event listing. Sometimes they were putting a price to a ticket, you know, and that makes for a good headline, obviously, right? Am I correct in saying that there were some public statements from public officials in Florida? They didn't call you, but they did call reporters to complain about you which they've now corrected. So where are we now in terms of where Eventbrite is being used in Florida, maybe elsewhere for vaccinations? Eventbrite is currently being used in over 40 states and eight countries so far. We've helped nearly half a million people access a vaccination registration appointment, and we'll continue to support this use case. Again, it's the right thing to do. We're not profiting off this. We are absolutely here to be able to help people get you know, their vaccination appointment. My parents went through, you know, three hour long phone time waits and lurking in parking lots at the end of the day to try to get vaccinated. And they're both, you know, in their 70s. So we certainly don't want this to continue to happen. We want people to be able to, to access what they need. You know, when their turn is up, we want them to be able to get vaccinated. And that's what we'll continue to focus on. With that, you say you're in 40 different states, and I know some of the, a lot of this, as you say, Eventbrite, kind of some of the genius of it is the self-serve piece. But that said, what, if anything, are you seeing in terms of big picture differences between either the way that states are using Eventbrite or what you're just seeing in terms of the vaccination appointment processes in different states? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think without a doubt, Florida was was an early adopter. They really, I think, set the trend and were fast movers on using using something like Eventbrite, right? So they they were able to kind of cross the private public sector quite quickly, and I commend them for that. I think that the other place that we're seeing Eventbrite be used in a way that's really helpful is in that in the sorry mass vaccination sites. So, for instance, City College in San Francisco, where they're they're seeing about three thousand people a day. Using Eventbrite allows them to quickly scan a barcode on a ticket and get that person to the next stage, you know, and so that's something that that we think will continue to happen. And again, it makes sense. Eventbrite is a platform that helps fuel, you know, big live experiences, small live experiences. And again, it's the genius of that self-service that's making it easy for these teams to turn to the platform. And we're not trying to replace an electronic health record. So we work, we're quite flexible in working with any system that ultimately registers that patient to, you know, to track whether or not they got their vaccination and when they need to get the second dose. I will say I did look up, I went on the Eventbrite site to look up vaccinations. In my top 10 uh, results, two were in abandoned Sears buildings. Do you know how many Sears's are on the Eventbrite platform being used for vaccinations? I will find out because that is a, a strong childhood memory is going to Sears with my family. So I would like to find that out. Thank you for the tip. You can't do you know giant Halloween warehouse sales right now. So this is it's vaccinations for Sears. Julia Hartz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Welcome back. What we're watching today is fallout from the House hearings on GameStop, in which Congress mostly lived up to its reputation for grandstanding 
and asking questions of witnesses that Google could have answered. But we did learn one big thing. Silicon Valley has overtaken Wall Street in terms of being Washington, D.C.'s public enemy number one, particularly among Democrats. How do we know? Because no one yesterday received more questions or rhetorical arrows than did Robinhood CEO Vlad Tenev, even though two of the country's biggest hedge fund managers were also on the witness list. Now, in the end, this didn't become a hearing about stock shorting or how trades flow through a complex web of dark pools and exchanges, or even the narrative of retail investors versus professional money managers. It really became about how mobile technology has upended financial services and investing and a pretty clear preference for the old guard. The bottom line, where you find scrutiny in Washington, some sort of regulation is sure to follow, even if the path isn't direct. And finally today, we are watching Zoe. She's a horse at the Bradford Stables in Middleborough, Massachusetts. She's also a TikTok star. How come? Well, because Zoe needs to take dozens of pills each day to treat a tick-borne illness. But Zoe doesn't like pills. So her owner decided to stuff them inside of jelly donuts from Duncan, a new one each morning. And there is nothing, apparently, that TikTok loves more than a horse who runs on Duncan. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. It's my producers, Tim Shover's Naomi Shaven. Have a great national tartar sauce day. But don't put them on jelly donuts because that's disgusting. And we'll be back Monday with another Axios Recap.